This is AFF On Air, the Australian Frequent Flyer podcast, bringing you the latest news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers. G'day, welcome to this episode of AFF On Air. I'm your host, Matt Graham. Hope you're having a nice Australia Day long weekend and hopefully you're enjoying also the AFF scavenger hunt that's on this weekend. Coming up in today's episode, fifth freedom flights, what are they, why do we love them and how can you find them? There's a new shortcut to gold status with Virgin Australia and also how to book a round the world ticket using Singapore Airlines Chrisfly Miles. That's all coming up later in the episode, but first, let's take a look at what's making news on Australian Frequent Flyer this fortnight. And firstly, Qantas has begun offering customers flight vouchers if they're willing to change to a different flight. The Qantas flight switch offers are being sent to customers by SMS who are booked on flights that are looking likely to be full or possibly also oversold. With these vouchers, the customer is given a choice of three different flights that they could move to in exchange for accepting a Qantas gift voucher. The combined Marriott Rewards Starwood Preferred Guest and Ritz-Carlton Rewards Loyalty Programs will be branded next month as Marriott Bonvoy. It's one of the last steps in the long and drawn-out merger of Marriott, Starwood and Ritz-Carlton. Royal Brunei Airlines is coming to Brisbane. The airline which already flies to Melbourne will start flights between Brunei and Brisbane in June. The four weekly flights between Brisbane and Bendar Seri Bhagawan, the capital of Brunei, will be operated by brand new Airbus A320neos. And the timing on the Brisbane to Brunei flight is perfect for fast connections to London, Dubai and Tokyo and there's also some keen pricing, so it could be one to look out for if you're based in Brisbane. Meanwhile, Qantas has announced last week that it will commence four weekly flights between Sydney and Nadi, Fiji from the 31st of March. It was also recently revealed that Qantas will upgrade its Sydney to Denpasar flight from a Boeing 737 to an Airbus A330 at the end of March. And this is especially good news for business class passengers on the overnight return flight back from Bali, who will now have a lie flat bed rather than a standard recliner seat. Unfortunately, the Denpasar to Melbourne flight is still going to be a 737 though. Qantas is also looking to expand its code share partnership with Hong Kong-based Cathay Pacific, who is a partner of Qantas in the One World Alliance. Qantas began code sharing on several Cathay Pacific routes last year, including Cairns to Hong Kong and Perth to Hong Kong, which Qantas does not fly themselves. And in return, Cathay Pacific is also now code sharing on quite a few Qantas domestic routes. They now want to expand this partnership with Cathay Pacific code-sharing on Qantas metal flights between Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Hong Kong. However, Virgin Australia has quite strongly objected to this proposal, citing fears that it would increase the two airlines' market power. Virgin Australia is the only other airline flying between Australia and Hong Kong, and they have a market share on just 10%. Qantas now has until the 8th of February to respond to these concerns, so watch this space on that one. Qantas Frequent Flyer has increased the joining fee it now charges to new Qantas Frequent Flyer members from $89.50 to $99.50. Now the good news if you're an Australian resident and not already a Qantas Frequent Flyer member is that there are plenty of ways to sign up for free. And for example, there's a link on our website if you're interested and you can have a look at the article linked in the episode notes for more information or just have a Google around. An Air New Zealand flight last week was so rough that the airline immediately offered a full refund to all of the passengers. That must have been nasty. 
flight NZ5715 from Christchurch to Invercargill in the South Island last Wednesday lasted only an hour and 24 minutes, but the turbulence that was encountered by the ATR-72 was so strong that around 20% of the passengers on the plane threw up, and apparently the winds that the, the crew were battling with were about 180 kilometers an hour, so that just sounds nasty all around. It was so bad the flight was met by emergency services on arrival into Invercargill. And uh, finally, Emirates has announced that it will axe its daily flights between Sydney and Bangkok from the 1st of June. The flight has been a popular choice over the last few years with Qantas frequent flyer members due to its excellent award availability, particularly in business and first class, and its evening departure time out of Sydney. That's what's making news this fortnight. For more regular news, updates and deals, be sure to check out the Frequent Flyer Gazette or follow Australian Frequent Flyer on Facebook. And you can see australianfrequentflyer.com.au for more information. Well, in the last section, I mentioned that Emirates is going to be ending its flights between Sydney and Bangkok very soon. Now, you may be wondering, why does Emirates even fly between Sydney and Bangkok? After all, this is a UAE airline based in Dubai. Well, this is one of many fifth freedom routes. The flight runs between Sydney and Dubai via Bangkok, but Emirates is also allowed to sell seats to passengers just flying on the section between Sydney and Bangkok. Now, Fifth Freedom flights are essentially tag flights that neither start nor end in the airline's own country, and they well, they, they must be a continuation of a flight that does eventually originate or end in that country, but the sector in question does not. And the Emirates flight from Sydney to Dubai via Bangkok is a pretty good example of that. There are many other Fifth Freedom routes out there, and there is some quite interesting properties about these, so I thought it was worth going into bit of depth about what Fifth Freedom flights are and why they might be useful. And to give you some other examples, British Airways flies every day between Sydney and Singapore. Of course, that flight continues on to London. Singapore Airlines flies uh, four times a week between Melbourne and Wellington. Out of left field, even Air China flies from Montreal in Canada to Havana, Cuba. So why does this matter? Well, there are some pretty good properties of Fifth Freedom flights. Firstly, they're often much cheaper. When an airline is operating a Fifth Freedom flight, they can often fill the sector from their home country to country B quite easily. But that onward flight between country B and country C, it's often harder for them to fill the seats because they have less passengers coming from their home base and they may not have as much of a presence in those other markets that they're flying in between. And so there's often quite a few empty seats that the airline is quite keen to fill and they're often willing to do that for a lower price. And as a result of all those empty seats, also the award availability is usually pretty good. So they can present some interesting options where, and anyone who's tried to redeem their points will know how difficult it is sometimes to find that availability. They also open up some more options if you're traveling, for example, in a part of the world that's not covered so well by your airline's own alliance partners. Also, with these Fifth Freedom flights, often they're an extension of a long-haul international flight, but they might be in actual fact, a short or medium flight. So, for example, Emirates flying from Dubai to Christchurch via Sydney. The Dubai to Sydney flight is a 15-hour long-haul international flight, but the same aircraft continues on for that three-hour flight from Sydney to Christchurch. And because that flight's operated by an A380, if you're in business class, you have a lie-flat bed across the Tasman from Sydney to Christchurch. And if you're in first class, you even have use of the showers. If you're 
flying that route on Qantas, Air New Zealand, Jetstar or Virgin Australia, you're going to have a recliner seat in business class, definitely no first class showers, and um, honestly quite a cramped experience in economy class. So it's a much more comfortable experience. If you're in the pointy end, you often get a lie flat bed, the same sort of standard of seat that you'd get on a long haul international flight. So that's kind of nice as well. And also it gives you the chance to fly on an airline that you might not otherwise get a chance to. So you might never go to Ethiopia in your life, for example, but that doesn't mean you can't give Ethiopian airlines a try. And when you fly on Ethiopian airlines, you also you get a little bit of a taste of Ethiopia. You get Ethiopian food. The crew will be Ethiopian. Um, you can have a read of the in-flight magazine, see what's going on. They might have some Ethiopian movies in the in-flight entertainment. And so that's kind of nice. And I used to use Ethiopian airlines as, exam- as an example because they do have quite a lot of Fifth Freedom flights all over the world. And I've, I've even flown them between... Bangkok and Kuala Lumpur and it was a very nice flight and one thing I distinctly remember about that Ethiopian Airlines flight was the music when we boarded the plane there was this lovely Ethiopian music playing over the loudspeakers and that I was wondering if it might stop um, when we got about an hour into the flight so it just they just kept playing it the entire flight so that was a little bit strange but otherwise that was a really nice experience there are some downsides to using fifth freedom flights Unfortunately, when airlines make schedule and route changes as they from time to time do, the fifth freedom flights are often the first to go. There are very frequent changes to which routes are and aren't available. As an example, I once booked a Royal Jordanian flight from Kuala Lumpur to Bangkok, and about a month after I booked, the route was cancelled. And I ended up getting a refund for this, but basically Royal Jordanian changed its Bangkok flight to continue on to Manila rather than Kuala Lumpur. And then they added a separate uh, flight from Amman to Jakarta with a stop in Kuala Lumpur. So they had maintained service to both uh, Bangkok and Kuala Lumpur from their Amman hub, but the Bangkok to Kuala Lumpur tag was no longer being served. And we also saw last year, for example, Singapore Airlines used to fly from Singapore to Wellington via Canberra. They now do that via Melbourne, which means the Wellington to Canberra leg is gone. And another possible downside of the Fifth Freedom flights is when they use a short-haul aircraft for a long-haul route. So most of the Fifth Freedom flights, you're going to have a comfortable long-haul configured aircraft, but sometimes they will do the opposite of that. So for example, Melinda Air flies Boeing 737s from both Melbourne and Brisbane to Kuala Lumpur via Bali. Now, that's perfectly fine if you're flying from Melbourne or Brisbane to Bali or from Bali to Kuala Lumpur. Not so great if you want to fly all the way from Australia to Kuala Lumpur because you're going to be stuck on the 737 for around 11 hours. And I've done this flight and I can tell you, you're not allowed off the plane when you uh, get to Bali. So it's a very long time to be stuck in a narrow body aircraft. And if I'd taken a direct flight on a different airline, I would have been on a comfortable wide body aircraft and it would have taken around eight hours instead of 11 So why do Fifth Freedom flights exist? Now, the aviation industry is full of regulations that govern what airlines can and can't do. So an Australian airline like Qantas or Virgin can't just go, for example, to set up shop in Indonesia tomorrow and start selling domestic tickets. But there are certain freedoms of the air that are afforded to airlines. And to be exact, there are nine freedoms of the air. Now, these were set out in the 1944 Chicago Convention, and they basically set out what airlines have rights to do. So in terms of rights to overfly countries, to land in countries, and to transport passengers between or within countries. 
Now, the first five of these freedoms are set out in international treaties, and basically all airlines have rights to these five freedoms. The last four freedoms, so the sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth freedoms, are not guaranteed, and they depend on the, what the regulators of the individual countries in question allow. These fifth freedom rights were granted pretty much universally at a time when aircraft were not really capable of flying long distances. Of course, these have been around since 1944, back before any 747s were made. And when aircraft are flying routes that cover a long distance, they back then they had to stop in different countries along the way anyway. And the industry recognised that it would be economically unviable for an aircraft to have to fly halfway across the world without being able to pick up or drop off passengers along the way. Now, today, most flights can actually be done non-stop, but there are still a few routes that have to stop somewhere, and Sydney to London is one of these. Both Qantas and British Airways still fly this route via Singapore, and if Qantas wasn't allowed to sell tickets between Sydney or London, or conversely, if British Airways couldn't sell tickets purely between Singapore or Sydney, the flights wouldn't really be economically viable. So what fifth freedom routes do we have in and out of Australia, you might be wondering. Well, Emirates has four fifth freedom flights. They've got Melbourne to Singapore and Brisbane to Singapore, also Sydney to Christchurch and Sydney to Bangkok. You've also got, as I mentioned before, Singapore Airlines from Melbourne to Wellington, British Airways from Sydney to Singapore, and Melindo Air flying from Melbourne and Brisbane to Denpasar. Also, the South American One World Airline, LATAM, flies every day between Sydney and Auckland with a Boeing 787. And that's, that's a really good flight because there's often quite cheap business class fares on that route. And the, the seats are lie flat in business class. So that's, that's a nice way to get across the Tasman. Also across the Tasman, you've got AirAsia X flying from Gold Coast to Auckland, although that route does end in about two weeks. And based on the prices that we've been seeing, which have been very, very cheap, um, it's not really that surprising that that route is ending. Also, there's China Airlines from Brisbane to Auckland. Nauru Airlines has a flight from Brisbane to Honiara. And Air New Zealand flies once a week from Sydney to Rarotonga. And just out of interest, Air New Zealand also flies from Sydney and Brisbane to Norfolk Island, which is technically Australian territory. You might recall that not too long ago, Emirates used to fly every day across the Tasman from Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane to Auckland using A380s. Now, I used to love these flights. What a way to fly across the Tasman. Unfortunately, the flights were often quite empty, which is nice if you're a passenger, but it probably explains why they stopped flying these routes in March of last year. Now, Emirates used to have to stop in Australia en route to New Zealand because the aircraft didn't have the range to fly all the way from Dubai economically. But now Emirates is flying non-stop with uh, an A380 from Dubai to Auckland, which is just happens to be one of the longest flights in the world. Not the longest, but one of the longest ones. And so they don't actually need to stop in Australia now. And Emirates now has a second flight between Dubai and Auckland that goes via Denpasar. So they've pretty much got rid of those stops. We still have uh, Christchurch to Sydney for now. As it stands, there's probably not enough O&D or origin and destination traffic to support a non-stop Christchurch to Dubai service. So Emirates supplements this with passengers flying from Christchurch to Sydney and Sydney to Dubai as well. And in the past, Qantas used to have quite a lot of Fifth Freedom flights. Nowadays, the only one left is Singapore to London. They do fly every day between Los Angeles and New York in the United States, but this isn't a Fifth Freedom flight because they're not actually allowed to sell tickets on that sector. In fact, last year, Qantas was fined by the US Department of Transportation for selling tickets on this flight to passengers that weren't starting or finishing their trips in Australia. Qantas did also used to have quite a few domestic tags of international flights, 
Um, nowadays, the only one left is Qantas Flight 9 and 10 between Melbourne and Perth, with this flight, of course, continuing on to London. And this, this flight departs and arrives from the international terminals. They used to have quite a few more. Back in the days, um, Qantas Flight 81 and 82 between Sydney and Singapore went via Adelaide, and Qantas's Manila service from Sydney went via Brisbane. Because Qantas is an Australian carrier, they were allowed and still are allowed to sell tickets to passengers just flying on the domestic leg of these services. But overseas airlines flying within Australia can't because of cabotage laws. So cabotage is when a foreign carrier sells a domestic ticket within a country that's not their own country. And there's still a few flights that uh, sort of fall into this category. You've got Cathay Pacific flying between Brisbane and Cairns. And both Singapore Airlines and Qatar fly every day between Sydney and Canberra. But they're not allowed to sell tickets to domestic passengers on these flights, only passengers that are connecting to the international leg of that service. Now, in total, there are around 215 Fifth Freedom flights out there. And I know this because on Australian Frequent Flyer, we actually have a list of current Fifth Freedom air routes. It's a wiki page. We, cr- we try to keep it as up-to-date as possible. But if you're interested to know more about what Fifth Freedom flights are out there, feel free to have a look at the list. I'm going to post a link to it in the episode notes. And yeah, just have a look. There's, there's some really interesting ones out there. Like Air Mauritius has a flight from Singapore to Kuala Lumpur. Air New Zealand from Los Angeles to Heathrow, London. Delta has flights from Singapore and Manila to Tokyo. Hainan Airlines, a Chinese airline, is flying between Edinburgh and Dublin. KLM is flying between Singapore and Bali, and Swiss Airlines is flying between Dubai and Muscat. Well, time now for a quick break. We'll be back in a moment with some details about a shortcut to Virgin Australia status. Back soon. Hi, this is Clifford Reichlin, founder of the Australian Frequent Flyer. I trust you're enjoying this episode of AFF On Air. Matt does a great job, doesn't he? Do you know that you can tap directly into Matt's knowledge at Frequent Flyer Solutions, our premium service? Go to frequentflyer.com.au for more information. Welcome back to the AFF On Air podcast. I thought you might be interested in a current Virgin Australia offer for a free Pilot Gold Velocity membership through the Accelerate program. Pilot Gold membership is something that's offered by Virgin. It's basically you get a three-month trial of Velocity Gold status, and during this trial you get most of the benefits of Velocity Gold status with the exception of you don't get the complimentary hotel or car hire status, and you don't get the guaranteed economy reward seats for a family holiday benefit but you have most of the other benefits during that period. And if you're a Pilot Gold member and during your three-month Pilot Gold membership, you earn at least 80 status credits and that's Velocity status credits and take at least one Virgin Australia marketed flight, you can extend your Gold status for another 12 months. And that's a pretty good deal because normally you need 500 status credits to earn Gold status. So how can you uh, take up this offer? Well, it's available to members of the Accelerate program. Accelerate is Virgin's loyalty program for small to medium businesses, and it's free to join. You just need to have an active Australian business number or Australian company number. Unfortunately, sole traders or anyone in the travel industry is excluded from joining. But otherwise, if you qualify, you can join up at no cost online. 
And to take advantage of this offer, you need to book a return freedom flight anywhere within Australia or over to New Zealand and travel by the 28th of February. Now, freedom fares are the more expensive, flexible fares, but they do come with flexibility. And also, if you're on a freedom fare, it costs fewer points to upgrade to business class. That's kind of nice. And you just need to take one eligible flight. And then if you're one of the first 500 people to apply for the complimentary Pilot Gold membership, it's yours. There are a few catches. So the 500 membership limit is uh, is probably the main one. And it looks as though it's first come, first serve. So if you're interested in taking up the offer, probably best to travel sooner rather than later. But um, if you are going to take up the offer... I would just mention, be sure to have a look on the on our website to see if there's a discount code that you can use when booking your Freedom Fair. So Virgin Australia regularly publishes discount codes. You can usually get around 10% off uh, most Virgin Australia flights. So do have a look at that. Although if you are looking to travel sort of in the last minute, the codes might not be so useful because most of them do have a 20-day advance purchase period, which is a little bit of a limitation. But anyway, if you're interested, um, the terms and conditions are available on the Virgin Australia website, so go and have a look at that. But I would just mention the complimentary Pilot Gold memberships being offered through this promotion are additional to the ones that you can normally get anyway as an Accelerate member. So if your business is in Accelerate, you can nominate two employees of the business to get those Pilot Gold memberships anyway when you sign up. Now, there are a few catches to this particular offer, so you need to spend at least $2,000 on flights within the first three months of joining Accelerate to get the Pilot Gold memberships. But if you do do that, then you are eligible and the same uh, Pilot Gold conditions apply. There are a few other benefits of Accelerate, such as fare discounts and annual travel credits, discounted lounge memberships, things like that. So if you're interested, you might want to go and check it out. Now, I would also mention it's possible to get Pilot Gold membership in other ways, and probably the most common way is through flybys. So flybys is the loyalty program, if you're not aware of Coles and Target and Kmart, and they often run targeted promotions where if you have your Velocity Frequent Fly and your Flybys account linked, you may be targeted with a Pilot Gold offer. And so all you need to do then is is register, and um, you can also get the three months of Velocity Gold. Now, I've uh, posted a link to an article about this offer in the episode notes, so if you're interested, um, yeah, be sure to check it out. Alrighty, well, to wrap up this fortnight's episode, it's time for Ask Matt, where I answer your questions on air. And this fortnight's first question comes from a Australian Frequent Flyer member called Frequent Passport User. And the question is, do you have any tips on utilizing the Singapore Round the World Business Award successfully? And this person says, I normally do point-to-point, not multi-destinations booking, and have had some amazing trips using airline points over the years. However, I think the Round the World Star Alliance Award, for this you have to fill in a form and submit it to Chris Fire. And could it be hard getting to or from South America with this award, uh, with the problem with award availability? Is it better to call them with various flexible options? Now, that's a very good question. Thank you very much, Frequent Passport user. To give um, our listeners some background on the Chris Flyer Star Alliance Award, this is this is an, a pretty good value award offered by Singapore Airlines. So you can fly around the world on Star Alliance Airlines in economy for 180,000 Chris Flyer miles plus taxes. Business class is 240,000 Chris Flyer miles and first class is 360,000 Chris Flyer miles plus taxes. 
And the sweet spot here is probably the business class award at 240,000 miles. So this is only 8,000 Chris Fly miles more expensive than just a simple round trip award to Europe. And it's actually cheaper than purchasing a round trip award ticket to North America. And with the Star Alliance Round the World Award, you get up to seven stopovers and you can have up to 16 total flight segments in total, which includes um, any surface sectors you might have in there. There's a few other rules, like there's a maximum of two stopovers in any one country. You can't travel more than 35,000 miles in total. And you must start and end your journey in the same country. But probably the most important rule is the no backtracking rule. So you have to travel in a continuous eastbound or westbound direction. And you have to cross both the Atlantic and the Pacific Oceans exactly once. Now to book this award, it's definitely best to call Chris Flyer. Don't use the online form. Uh, Definitely call up the call center. But do your research before you're calling. So my advice will be to check for award availability first. Now, to do this, if you're looking for Singapore Airlines flights specifically, um, you should search on the Singapore Airlines website because there are more Singapore Airlines flights available to Chris Flyer members than will be released to frequent flyers with other airlines. And when you're looking for Singapore Airlines availability, there has to be saver availability, not advantage, but saver availability on the flights uh, that you're looking for. For flights on other Star Alliance airlines, I recommend searching for award availability using either the United or the Aeroplan website. These both show pretty much all of the options and they're, they're pretty easy to use. Singapore Airlines, as I said, is quite strict not allowing backtracking on these round the world awards. So if you want to check that you have a valid itinerary, you can actually do this yourself before you call up. And in fact, I, I recommend this. And to do that, you can use the paid Star Alliance round the world booking tool. Now, this booking tool won't tell you anything about the availability of award flights. You're simply using this to check that you have a valid routing, which is considered not to have backtracking. But what you can do is go onto the website, plug in the routing that you're trying to book using points, and make sure that you have a green box saying that the routing is valid. And if you have this, and you've followed all of the routing rules uh, that I discussed before, and all of the flight segments that you want to book have award availability, then you'll be good to go. And once you have those three things, call up Chris Flyer, tell them that you want to book a Round the World Award, and uh, feed them the flights, and they should be able to book that for you. I've helped quite a few clients book these through Award Flight Assist. Pretty much every time I call up Singapore Airlines to inquire about booking one of these, they ask if I've plugged it into the Star Alliance around the world booking tools. So it is actually something that they use. So definitely do that. Now, the main limitation with these awards is there is indeed a lack of award availability on some routes. In particular, getting between Australia and South America is impossible. So the only Star Alliance airline offering a realistic connection between Australia and South America is Air New Zealand with their Auckland to Buenos Aires flight. Unfortunately, Air New Zealand never releases any award availability on this route. So it's not possible to include that flight. And it's the only option between Australia and South America. So you won't be able to fly between those two continents directly. But Flights between most of the other continents are available. Between Australia and North America, you can usually get something with United or Air Canada. Over to South Africa, there's usually some availability with South African Airways from Perth to Johannesburg. And between South America and South Africa, again, South African Airways can come in handy. They usually have seats on their flight between Sao Paulo and Johannesburg. 
So booking this is a little bit of an involved process, but it's definitely possible. So if you don't mind going through the process, it's definitely worthwhile. And I, I wish you all the best of luck. The final question for this fortnight comes from NZ Flygirl. So this member asks, can you split the status and accrual on a Qantas or any other One World flight? Qantas is unkind with partner flights. I can handle the measly status credit earn as it helps towards lifetime silver, but I don't like the crappy mileage accrual and would rather credit that part to American Airlines Advantage than Qantas for partner flights. Now, unfortunately, the answer there is no, you can't earn frequent flyer points in one program and status credits or whatever the equivalent is in a different frequent flyer program for the same flight. Uh, however, you, it is possible to use your status benefits from one frequent flyer program while earning points and status credits with another. Most airlines don't like this, but it is possible. So, for example, if you had Qantas Gold status and you were flying with Malaysia Airlines, you could use that Gold status to enter the lounge, but then earn British Airways Avios and tier points or American Airlines Advantage miles for the flight. Now, some airlines will insist that you have your, in this case, your Qantas number on the boarding pass when you enter the lounge. But there is an easy workaround here. You could just enter the lounge and then change your frequent flyer number on the airline's website after you've got into the lounge uh, in order to earn points with that program. But as you say, yes, Qantas is quite unkind with um, the earn rates on most partner airline flights. And as an example, with Malaysia Airlines business and first class fares, you're only earning Qantas points and status credits at economy rates. And even with the lower rates, there's a double whammy because you're also subject to the lower partner rates for Malaysia Airlines flights between Australia, Europe and Malaysia. And so, for example, if you're flying in Malaysian business class from Melbourne to London and back, you're going to be earning just 180 Qantas status credits, which is not enough to earn anything in that program. But if you credited the same flights to British Airways, you'd earn 600 tier points, which is enough to earn British Airways silver. Uh, and that's equivalent to Qantas gold status or One World Staffire. So in this case, it's probably best just to credit to another program uh, for both the points and the status, I would say. Thanks for those questions, guys. If you have a question you would like me to answer on the next podcast, you're welcome to ask on the dedicated Ask Matt thread on the Australian Frequent Flyer Forum. You'll find this thread in the special AFF on Air Forum on our website, where you can also discuss anything from today's episode, or just click on the link in the episode notes. And I'm happy to answer any questions relating to airlines, frequent flyer programs, credit cards, or just about anything else related to travel. That's it for another episode of AFF On Air. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate your company. For more information about anything discussed in today's episode, do check out the episode notes or visit australianfrequentflyer.com.au. And in the episode notes, you'll also find links to all of the stuff discussed in today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do consider subscribing. And I'd really appreciate if you would leave a comment and a rating. That helps us to, re to reach anyone else interested in the podcast, so I'd really appreciate if you could do that. And the podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Android, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, so you can find it wherever you normally find great podcasts. Well, I'm Matt Graham, and I'll be back next fortnight with more news, tips, and tricks for Australian travellers. Until then, happy flying!